Welcome to ABC, Abergavenny Baptist Church, building faith and friendship. You are listening to a sermon series on the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22 states that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And today we continue our series through the fruits of the Spirit, and today we focus in on the fruit of goodness. And uh, goodness isn't that popular today. I mean, if we look at the other fruits in the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, they're very desirable. We want them. But when it comes to goodness, well... We're a bit undecided. We're not so sure about goodness. I mean, this is particularly reflected uh, in, in a lot of the, the old movies. In the old movies, the hero always wore white. He was always clean. He was always honest. He was always upright. He was always good. But in the heroes, in the movies today, well... They wear black, they're dark, they're rough. They're not entirely good. And, and we will say, well, you can't make them too good, otherwise they won't seem very real. And, and that's very true. I mean, if we look at our real-life heroes of today, they're not entirely good. Sure, sure, they're really good at singing. They're really good at acting. They're really good at playing sport. They, they're very talented. But when we look at their life, we suddenly discover that they're not that good. And even our politicians will say, well, you need to keep my public life and my private life separately. They'll say, look, I, I'm good at my job. I'm good at running the country. Sure, my, my life's a mess. And within our celebrity culture of today, good is all about being rich and famous. This is reflected in the lyrics of a, a postmodern philosopher of today called Lily Allen. All those who laughed are the Radio 1 listeners. And she writes in the, the lyrics uh, of her song, The Fear. I want to be rich. I want lots of money. I don't care about clever. I don't care about funny. I want loads of clothes and I want loads of diamonds. I heard people die while trying to find them. I'll take my clothes off. It'll be shameless because everyone knows that's how you get famous. I look at the sun and I look in the mirror. I know I'm on the right track here. I'm onto a winner. I don't know what's right. I don't know what's real anymore. And I don't know how I'm meant to feel anymore. When do you think it will all become clear? Because I mean, taken over by the fear. Life's about film stars, less about mothers. It's all about fast cars and cursing each other. But it doesn't matter because I'm packing plastic. And that's what makes my life so fantastic. And I'm a weapon of mass consumption and it's not my fault it's how I'm programmed to function. I look at the sun, I look at the mirror, 
I'm on the right track. Yeah, I'm on to a winner. Forget about guns, forget about ammunition, because I'm killing them all on my own little mission. Now, I'm not a saint. I'm not a sinner. And everything's cool as long as I'm getting thinner. I don't know what's right and what's real anymore. I don't know how I'm meant to feel anymore. When do you think it'll all become clear? Because I'm being overtaken by fear. So is that the good life? Being rich, being famous, doing a lot of shopping. Nothing really matters as long as you're getting thinner. Yet interesting, when someone dies, so often people will say, well, they lived a good life. Or they'll say, he had a good innings. When someone dies, all of a sudden we all become cricketers. He had a good innings. What do we mean by that? What do we mean by the good life? Is it the, the Lily Allen's version? He was rich. He was famous. He was talented. He was getting thinner. I don't think so. I hope when I die that people will say, well, he was a good man. Not in the, the Lily Allen sense that I was talented, I was rich, I was famous. Nor in that sort of wishy-washy niceness whereby they merely mean, well, he didn't hurt anyone. No, I hope they would say, I'm a good man in the sense that I was a good husband. I was a good father. I was loving and kind. I was generous. I was honest. I was a man of integrity. I hope that's what they mean. And I'm sure all of us here would want people to say something, something like that about us when we die. So what is goodness? What comes to mind when we hear the word good? Doing the right thing? Moral excellence? Honesty? Integrity? Or doing good for others. Kindness. Generosity. Doing what is beneficial and nourishing and uplifting for other people. Now the word goodness within Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22 is essentially synonymous with the word kindness which we looked at last week. But it has the added nuance of moral integrity and being generous. But more so, within the context of the whole Bible, goodness is about being like God. Goodness is all about God. And goodness is Godness, being like God. And so, in order to be good, in order to have goodness, it's all about pleasing God, doing what would please God? And what pleases God? What is the goodness that God is looking for in our life? Well, let's turn to Micah chapter 6 and verses 6 through to 8. Now, Micah, the prophet Micah, asks a question in verse 6. 
He says, with what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? What shall I come with before the Lord? And effectively what he's asking is what will please God? See, if you go to a dinner party and you know your host loves red wine, you will bring a a nice bottle of expensive red wine because you know your host will be pleased with that. If you were going to have dinner with God, what would you bring? What would be pleasing to him? That's a question. Then Micah gives a couple of suggested answers. We continue in verse 6. He says, Shall I come before him with burnt offerings with a calf a year old? Now a burnt offering was, was a sacrifice you made in order to show God how dedicated you are to him, how devoted you are to him. It's kind of if I was to say to Victoria, I'm going to give up, I'm going to sacrifice a day of surfing to spend with you. That, that was kind of the idea of a burnt offering. And a calf, one year old, was the premium sacrifice, the best of the best. I mean, this is a very expensive bottle of red wine that you bring in. Surely God's going to be pleased with that. Micah then goes on to make some outrageous, extravagant uh, suggestions. He then says in verse 7, Will the Lord be pleased with Thousands of rams. I mean, who even has thousands of rams? With 10,000 rivers of olive oil. I mean, this has just gone extremely extravagant. This is not bringing a bottle of red wine. This is buying the whole wine farm. Surely God is going to be pleased with that. Then he goes on to make A completely outrageous, a shocking, absolutely shocking suggestion. And he says, Shall I offer my firstborn? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgressions, the fruit of my body for the sins of my soul? Now the firstborn child is is like the most precious thing you could possibly ever give. And the implied answer to all these suggestions is no. No, God is not pleased with them. God is not interested in any of them. And I don't think we quite, we don't realize how shocking that must have been within that culture. Within that ancient culture, they believed the best way you could please God was to make a sacrifice to God. That's how they worship God. And effectively what Micah is saying over here is God doesn't care about your sacrifices. God's not interested in your sacrifices. He's not pleased with that. That's kind of like us thinking, well, surely God is pleased if we come here on a Sunday morning and we sing songs and we sing hymns and we pray. Surely God's pleased with that. But I tell you what, we're not just going to do that this morning. We're going to do it all day. We'll do it all day and all night. And not just that, we'll give God our money. We will tithe. No, no, we will give God all our money. Surely God's going to be pleased with that. And the answer is, God answers and says, no. No, I'm not pleased with that. I'm not pleased with your singing of hymns. I'm not pleased with your songs. I'm not pleased with with your prayers. I'm not interested in your money. No, I don't want that. Why? Why does God not want that? Because if your heart 
is not in it. It's merely meaningless actions. If your heart is not in it, it's just dry religion. And it just leads to self-righteousness. Where all of a sudden you think you're good and other people aren't because you do these things. And it leads to a judgmental spirit and attitude where you look down on other people. And you think you're good, but you're missing the whole point. At best, it leads to a religious form of goodness, which isn't good at all. So what is God pleased with? What is the goodness that God is looking for? Micah goes on in verse 8. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? This is what pleases, the, pleases God. This is true goodness. To act justly. To love mercy. And to walk humbly with your God. Firstly, to act justly. Literally means do justice. And whenever this phrase is used, well, virtually whenever this phrase is used within the Old Testament, it is always associated with doing justice for the widow, for the orphan, for the immigrant, and for the poor. It's talking about doing social justice for the poor and the marginalized within our society. It's talking about having a genuine compassion for the poor and being deeply committed to helping the most vulnerable within our society. Doing justice. And it's not, it's not just feeling sorry for the poor. It's not that sentimental, oh, I feel so sorry for the poor. It's actually being deeply committed to helping the poor, standing up for the poor, and being committed to the poor. Secondly, love mercy. Another translation for the word mercy would be loving kindness. And loving kindness is all about being generous. By being generous to other people. It's about giving sacrificially of our time and our money for the benefit of other people. And loving kindness is unconditional. We invest in other people. We are generous to other people. Not because of what we're going to get out of that relationship. But because we are committed to them in loving kindness. And we should be expressing this loving kindness to all people without discrimination. And we're told to love loving kindness. We should love living like this. For acting justly and loving mercy is all about loving other people. It's about loving our neighbor as ourself without discrimination. And when we start doing that, God is pleased with us. For that is true goodness. 
Then thirdly, we're told to walk humbly with our God. Now, walking is a metaphor for having an intimate relationship with God. You see, when you go on a walk with someone, you talk to them. You relate to them. Walking with God is all about talking with God. It's about having an experiential prayer life. It's about having an intimate relationship with God where you're not only speaking to God, but you're listening to God speaking to you through His Word, through prayer, and through that quiet inner voice within your conscience. And walking with God is about sharing your life with God. It's about wherever you are, God is there with you, walking with you. It's about giving God a place in every place of your life, every part of your life. And when you're walking with someone, it means you're going in the same direction. It means you're heading to the same destination. And when it says that we are walking humbly with God, it means that we are joining God on His walk. That God is setting the direction and the destination. And that we are orientating our life around God's purposes and priorities. You see, being good is about making the right choices every day. And so often when I'm faced with a choice and I want to do what is good, I normally end up doing what is good for me. When I'm facing a choice and I want to do the choice that is going to make me most like God, I end up making the choice that makes me feel most like a God. Because if I'm honest, I have to admit, I'm selfish. I'm self-centered. I am greedy. And so often, rather than doing what is good for other people and what is good for God, I end up doing what is good for me. But walking humbly with God is all about doing what is good for other people and what is good for God. And when you go on a walk, it's about slowly making progress towards your destination. You don't decide, well, hey, let's go for a walk and then, wow, suddenly you're at your destination. No, you, you, it's about a journey. You're slowly moving towards your destination. And it's the same for goodness. As we walk with God, and as we continue to hear what God is doing in the world and wanting to do in the world, and as we continue to walk with God, we allow the presence of God to slowly transform us, and then we slowly become more and more good. It's not about being perfect. Jesus says in Mark chapter 10 and verse 18 that no one is good except God. Only God is truly and perfectly good. But we also told that after God created each stage of creation, God said, it is good. And when God had finished creating and he had finished creating humans, he said, it is very good. There is good in all of us. We are all capable of doing good. But yet there is also selfishness, self-centeredness, and greed within us all. 
Most people today would probably think they're good. But yet, I'll be very surprised if anyone thinks people are getting more and more good. I mean, we just have to look at social media. And social media just reveals how people can say such hurtful and cruel things because they can hide behind some anonymous profile that social media allows them to have. And social media has allowed that darkness within us to be revealed, which we normally would always keep hidden. And also when we watch the news, we continually see how the poor keep getting poorer and poorer, and how the rich keep getting richer and richer. And we look at all these corrupt politicians and all these corrupt powerful people in leadership positions, and we think to ourselves, oh, if I was in their position, I wouldn't be corrupt. I would do what is good for the country and what is good for other people. But so often it's been proved that power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Would we really be any different? If I look at myself, I know there is good in me. And I know I do do good. But I also know there's selfishness, there's self-centeredness, and there's greed. And so often, I do what is good for me rather than what is good for others. How can we cultivate true goodness in our life? Firstly, we need to realize we are not perfect. We will never be perfect. And it's not about being perfect. It's about being good. And becoming more and more good. Secondly, we need to have a heart for the poor. We need to love the poor. And we can only do that if we know the poor. If we truly know them, personally know them, know them by name. That we can have a heart for the poor. Thirdly, we need to know God. Personally. We need to love God. In fact, this is where goodness starts. It starts by coming into the presence of God and acknowledging that we are not good, that we need help, and ask God to pour His goodness into our hearts, to pour His love into our hearts, and by His Holy Spirit to empower us and enable us and to produce that fruit of goodness in our life so that we can Act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with our God. Do you need more goodness in your life? Let's pray. Let us remain quiet and still in prayer for a moment. Just allow God to minister to you by His Spirit. Allow God to speak to you. Reflect on what God has been saying to you this morning. Reflect on what you need to do in response to what God has said to you this morning. Perhaps reflect on what can you do this week.
to please God. Also reflect on what is preventing you from pleasing God this week. And in the quietness of your heart, just speak to God about that. Heavenly Father, there's a real tension that we have within ourselves. Because Father, on the one hand, we know that we are good, that we are capable of good, that we do do good. But yet, Father, on the other hand, we know that so often we just do what is good for us. So often we, we are selfish and self-centered. Father, won't you forgive us? Won't you help us to grow in goodness? Won't you help us to have a real compassion, a genuine compassion and a heart for the poor in our world? Won't you help us to be generous, to be sacrificially generous, to make a difference in this world, to help others? Won't you help us to make the right choices and to be good? Father, won't you help us to walk with you humbly? And we pray that, Father, when we die one day, that people would, with sincerity, look at, look at us and say, this was a good person. They did good. We ask this all in the name of Jesus. Amen.